0: Yes,
1: that line falls on the right, Babe. Yes, it does. Now that Maggie... Devon ago, with you on The Fan. 877 I got you for the next three hours. You know how it is. All the way to the warm-up show live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Apparently, the weather isn't so nice there. That was some morning show this morning. That was fun. That was fun. The Randy Moss thing was hilarious. I did get a chance to hear it. So, the it's fun. It's been fun. It's You know, I don't know how much buzz has come out of the game just yet. It's only Wednesday morning. I'm sure we'll get there. I think it's going to be a good game. But I'm not exactly sure how much buzz. Most of the buzz has been about Vegas. You know, it hasn't really got that feel for the game just yet. But we'll get there. We will get there. But first, we'll start with the Knicks. As we are there. In injury hell. 877-337-6666. Again, that's the number to call, Rami. will take your phone calls, and we got you for three hours. As yet again, the Knicks... Have what was going to be a blowout victory I, I I took it into cruise control I'll be totally honest with you I was up early I had to be up earlier in the day to do something I kind of used the opportunity to maybe get a couple snooze in you know I kind of closed my eyes with a 27 point lead and maybe that's the question should the coach close his eyes every once in a while as now the 27 point lead dwindles down to 10 and here comes all the questions here comes the talking points here comes all the concerns about Thibodeau, his playing style, his coaching style, whether or not a Randall uh, Brunson should even be in the game at this point. And as you know, with a, after a 27-point lead had dwindled down to 10, Brunson still on the floor, tweaks an ankle. We don't know how bad it is. He walks off the court on his own accord. As soon as it happened, you thought it might be severe. He was rolling around on the floor. But ultimately, you know, shoes away, the medical help ties and reties the sneaker, walks off, and we are haven't got much word. But it sounds like, and it feels like, they've avoided the big injury here. But right now, this team has just been hit with the injury bug on an insane level. I mean, they're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Mike Breen and Clyde Frazier, right? They're celebrating the anniversary. It's in a blowout fashion. They're telling stories the entire second half of the game. When did you start to think, Clyde, that you could become into broadcasting? That's where the game was. We were breaking down Clyde's broadcasting career. The game was playing the lousy Memphis Grizzlies, who I, I can't name a single player. They're absolutely dominating the game. It starts to come back into hand, and sure enough, the two guys who brought them the jerseys at the beginning of the broadcast. they There's Hart and Brunson who give them the 25th anniversary jerseys. Neither of them finished the game because Hart's dealing with a knee injury and Brunson obviously with the ankle injury. And this, I'm sorry, this speaks to the, the. I'm not concerned. I understand what Tibbs is doing. I get it. You want to win these games. They're right now. They're in a battle. They're in a battle with Cleveland. They're in a battle with Milwaukee. They're in a battle with themselves, with no one else to rely on. With no Randall Mitchell Robinson's injury. Obviously, uh, OG Ananobi has has yet to return from the uh, elbow inflammation that's cost them the last four or five games. You're dealing with Grimes out now. The you know. I understand. That game gets to 10. You want to make sure you secure that victory. And that's why Brunson is still on the court. But this is what it speaks to. Tomorrow is an enormous day for the New York Knicks. There's just no way around it. This trade deadline, they need someone so that if a 27-point lead becomes a 12-point lead, a 10-point lead, you do not have to go to Brunson. And Because I'll, I'll tell you what, in this age of, of, you know, I just heard Marco talk about it with Buck Showalter on load management. We all hate it, right? Except when they get hurt. Now all of a sudden load management is all my tips. You got to have some load management skills here. You can't have Brunson on the court all game long. He can't play 45 minutes a day. You need some, you know, you heart the same thing. You got too many minutes without Adanobi. We're leaning on this guy. We're leaning on that guy. This is, this is, you're playing for the long haul here because we think the Knicks are good enough to win a championship or at least compete for one. That's the kind of turnaround this franchise has made with Brunson. And you can't have him out there Every minute of every game and every time a blowout gets closer, any like there has to be a time where you feel comfortable with Brunson off the court, and I understand without Randall that makes it more difficult. All the more important right now, as the deadline is tomorrow. Then the New York Knicks have to go out there. It doesn't have to be Murray. Uh, the, uh, it doesn't have to be Murray out of Atlanta. It doesn't have to be a superstar. And I, and God bless him, the big ragu. And DiVincenzo has done everything you could possibly want, particularly since OG went down over the last four or five games. He's carried them. Another 30-point game for him. He's been incredibly shooting the lights out for the most part, you know, maybe the exception of a game or two. But he's got 32 points again, four for nine from three-point land. He's been that secondary scorer, but you can't. He was not brought here to be relied upon to this extent. And I know they're going through with the injuries. I get it. Even more so, why I, I listen. The, Mitchell Robinson. It sounds like he's going to get back to on the court activity. I, I like what I've seen from obviously Hartenstein's been incredible, and and, and Achua, and even you know they brought back Taj Gibson. Uh, you know, you're I'm okay with some of the depth they have in the front court. I need the guy to get Brunson off the court and feel okay about where the team is because right now against the lousy Memphis Grizzlies with a 27-point lead in the third quarter, you still need Brunson in that game to secure a victory. And that's fine, and stacking up wins is the most important thing, and you heard uh, Tibbs uh, in the press conference talking about, hey, the most important thing is to win. Yeah, uh, fair. I get that, but the most important thing is making sure uh, Brunson and Randall, and whenever he comes back from injury, but right now we're talking about Brunson, Right, the most important thing is to make sure Brunson is ready to go come playoff time. And you're not running him into the ground to hold off the Memphis Grizzlies when you had a 27-point lead. And that's why this conversation is going to come back and again, and don't tell me and I'm sorry. I understand that a, a, a an ankle can happen at any moment. I was watching SMY, and that was a point made. Like it could happen within a minute of the game. It could happen when you're exo- this is you're talking about a guy who's got one of the he's known for his footwork. I mean, this guy is a an unbelievable athlete with great footwork i'm not saying he can't tweak an ankle a minute into the game but you are more likely to tweak an ankle when your body is fatigued that's when these things happen that's when you you know you make that misstep it could happen at any time 100% it's more likely to happen on the fifth sixth consecutive game of playing 45 minutes and i'm not i'm not going to kill the coach although i'm sure there are a lot of fans out there who will I'm sure there are a lot of fans out here that will today. And thankfully, again, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a devastating injury. They got two more games in this homestand against Dallas and Indiana. Then they go on the road against uh, Houston and then Miami, uh, Orlando, excuse me, uh, on Valentine's Day before the All-Star break. I don't know. I would imagine there's a good chance he's not going to play for da- against Dallas. In fact, I would make sure he doesn't play against Dallas. You want to win all these games, I get it, but they built themselves a cushion. They're playing good basketball. I want to make sure he's okay. I'd probably give him the Dallas game at the bare minimum. You might even miss Indiana. And let me just say this, because I know a lot of Nick fans, and I know the story of Brunson and his idea of becoming an All-Star. He's already an All-Star. The game, who cares about the damn game? Like, like the the idea that if Brunson doesn't play in that All Star game, he's going to be somehow missed this great this great thing he's been waiting for his whole life. He got the nod. He's an All Star. He'll always be an All Star. He can always say he's an All Star. He's an All Star, even if he doesn't play in the game because of a banged up uh, ankle injury. That that doesn't bother me that much. I don't know how how he feels about it. Maybe he can play in the game for two minutes or something. But ultimately, I could care less if he needs to set out the game. He needs to set out the game. It's not about the All Star game. He became an All Star. He's an All Star. We all know it. He knows it. The NBA knows it. But, you know, and this is what we talked about, right? This has been the issue with this coach. And again, he's in a tough spot. But the discussion around this coach going back to his days in Chicago with Derrick Rose has been he runs his players into the ground, has been he plays all these minutes. And a couple years ago when they were the four seed during COVID and they suddenly had this pop-up season and Julius Randle first emerged as, you know, an all-star caliber player. It was great. They were doing when everybody else was load managing. The Knicks were playing big minutes, and Randall was playing big minutes, and we loved it. And they were the one team in basketball who wasn't doing it, and it led them to the four seed. And then Randall was a complete waste against Atlanta in the post series, in the postseason, uh, a complete waste. And and since then, since the beginning of his career, Tibbs, that's the story around him. Great coach, runs his players into the ground. His style of basketball has its ceiling. The players end up tired at the end of the year. This is what we've talked about over and over and over again. And as much as I'll tell you, Tibbs has done an incredible job this year. And he's in a tight spot right now with all the injuries and who he can play. That's why Leon Rose has got to go out and fortify this team. It is no longer up for debate. There was a debate on whether or not you want to ruin the chemistry of this team or what you want to do or should you even make a move or do you like Grimes, do you like uh, Deuce McBride, do you like this team as is, do they need to go make that move? There is no more debate. It doesn't have to be the superstar. Would would I love to bring in Murray or someone who moves DiVincenzo to the bench and then DiVincenzo can be that secondary scorer off the bench? Yeah, that would be great. It doesn't have to be that. It can be the names we've talked about. It can be the Brogdon. It can be the Clarkson. It can be the different guys who come in and get those points off the bench, can create their own shot a little bit better than Deuce, run that offense, and have someone, especially Brogdon, gives me that feel. I know know, Clarkson's been great this year. He's the leading scorer off the bench in the NBA, or at least he was the last time I checked earlier in the week. But, you know, Brogdon is someone you you feel like can come in and run that second unit and get some points. And even, you know, with a 10, 15-point lead, even if you want to have some of your starters in, even if Randall, when he comes back, is still on the floor. Like, you can leave Brogdon in there for five minutes, six minutes, and feel like the game's not going to slip away. Right now, this coach Tibbs against the Memphis Grizzlies with a 10-point lead, when they've come back from a 27-point deficit, it feels like Brunson better be out there or I'm going to blow this game. And right now with Randall and OG OG out and then obviously Hart dealing with the knee injury, you can't afford to blow these games. I get it. But you also can't afford to have this guy run into the ground. He's too important. And I understand he's a tough kid. And I understand Randall's used to the minutes. And I understand this is the team and this is how they've been playing. And this is how they work and this is is how they operate. It's going to be tough to make it all the way through relying this much on Brunson. When you can't take him off the floor when they're up 20-some-odd points. Like, it's just, I mean, it's just too much. I think it was the Denver game. I don't even remember which game, but it was like a 20-point lead with two and a half minutes left, and Brunson's out there. And I'm like, Tibbs, get him off the floor. And as much as we hate load management, it's a dirty word and you know they're they're trying to limit it by taking awards away if you don't play in the games and nights on where you're against uh penalizing teams on national televised games and we complain about it forever right now it feels like the Knicks are in desperate need of a roster move to help them with load management. And we all hate it until we realize the team needs it. We all hate it until we realize okay, how important was this win against Memphis as opposed to to Brunson's ankle And thankfully, again, it doesn't seem like it's a major injury. But what about the next time? And I understand you can't play scared. No one suggests that you play scared. I understand why Tibbs is doing it. you got to go out there and make a move so that you feel somewhat comfortable when he's off the floor, especially with Randall out for the long term. And I think it's going to be the long term. right? They'll reevaluate in four weeks. What do you think the reevaluation is? Get back on the floor tomorrow? It's not going to be that. The reevaluation is going to be, all right, well, now we'll see. You know, Now he's going to start to get back into things. He's going to step up and ramp up his activity. He's going to be gone for a while. I think they probably didn't tell you exactly what it is because you're leading up to tomorrow's trade deadline and you don't want to give away the fact that you might be without Randall for months. We have talked about it over the last three weeks and over the last month since they made this OG trade, how much we trust this organization. How for the first time in forever, we feel like it is being well run, they are as smart a group as the Knicks have had and hell the city has had as we complain about Brian Cashman and we complain about Stearns and whether or not the Giants should draft a quarterback and how terrible Joe Douglas mismanaged the offensive line and all the dysfunction with our football teams the miserable seasons from our baseball teams Bucks openly questioning how much they use load management with the Mets. It just feels like right now for whatever reason the Knicks have their finger on the pulse of this team and know exactly what to do and you feel like they have a good idea of what will help them and what they need and what they desperately need is someone they can keep on the floor instead of Brunson and not feel like the game is going to slip away from you that it's no longer an option it's no longer up for debate Leon Rose and the New York Knicks have got to go out there and provide some depth for this team. They've got to go out there and get a legitimate scorer, a legitimate runner of the second unit, and someone that can play instead of Brunson when you feel like the game isn't necessarily on the line. Because right now, without him on the floor, that's the feeling. The feeling is how, we have to get him back on the floor because I don't care who up 27. I don't care who we're playing. It doesn't matter. The second he's off the floor, this lead is going to slip away. And I can't afford, as I'm battling for the 4-seed and the 3-seed in this tough, mixed-up Eastern Conference where the freaking uh, Cleveland Cavaliers never freaking lose, you're dealing with the Celtics, you're dealing with the Bucks. You don't want to give up losses. You don't want to risk a game that you're up 27 points against the lousy Memphis Grizzlies. That's a disastrous loss. You can't afford that loss. And you can't afford the loss of Brunson either. There has to be some middle ground. And the Knicks, right now, don't have the roster to give themselves that. And they've got till tomorrow to figure out how to do that. Randall's not coming back anytime soon. Mitchell Robinson's not coming back anytime soon. And right now, I don't even know how, how severe the the knee injury is for Hart. Little, for, and forget that. Uh, Grimes and how severe he'll be out. It sounds like he's going to be out at least till the All-Star break. And then, of course, O.G. Ananobi, who out of nowhere had an uh, elbow inflammation. And we haven't seen him for four games. It's no longer up for option. Leon Rose has got to go out and improve the depth of this team at the very least. 877-337-6666. So we'll start with the Knicks and the brief scare of the Brunson injury and how it shows you exactly that the clear path to what the Knicks need to do to improve this team and make sure they don't lean so heavily on the guy. I know he's great. I know he's an all-star. I know he's taken over the city to the point Evans got him bigger than Aaron Judge. I understand that. He's fantastic. We love him. But you can't rely on him at this level and you can't need him desperately to win a 27-point lead game against the Memphis Grizzlies without Ja. You can't that can't be the situation. That's not that's not a, that's not a system for success. The Knicks are not going to get where they need to get if that's the case, where a 20-point lead against one of the worst teams in the NBA is not secure unless he's on the floor. That's not a way for this team to get where they want to go, and so they need to improve themselves, and they have till tomorrow, and they have tomorrow to do it. 877-337-6666. We'll get to that. Uh, Jordan Renan who covers the Giants, made a couple of comments about Barkley and whether or not he envisions Barkley hitting free agency. We'll get to that. I mentioned Buck Showalter and some of his comments today as he made the, uh, the the interview tour. We'll get to that. And then, hey, what do you know? Someone's projecting the Yankees to win the division. And, and, and on top of that, foreseeing this young powerhouse of a Baltimore Orioles team taking a step back. Hmm. Where have you heard that before? We might just have to get into it. 877-337-6666 plus the Super Bowl. And I only got two hours and 40 minutes to do it now. So let's go. 877-337-6666. McMonigle here with you on The Fan. We'll be right back. All right. McMonagle here with you. 877-337-6666. We open with the Knicks. Yeah, so 123-113 to 113 win over the Grizzlies. Unfortunately, Hart dealing with a knee injury on top of all the other injuries. And, of course, Brunson with an ankle injury. It doesn't seem too bad, but I wouldn't be surprised if he misses a game or two. And as much as it's not a major concern at the moment, and you feel like he'll battle through and be okay and come back and, and be fine right now, at least this time, I think it does point to the obvious issue of needing to find some depth and you know better depth than they have right now and certainly someone who can step on the floor and take Brunson's role and be that point guard of the second unit or at least be someone you feel a little bit more confident in holding off the Memphis Grizzlies. And again, I understand why Tibbs did it. Um, This isn't a kill Tibbs thing. I mean, it goes to the point of how you feel about him and some of the you know this is his style. Like you, there are other coaches who would keep Brunson off the floor a little bit more and just re- hope that his team can rely, uh, can hold off the Memphis Grizzlies and rely more on DiVincenzo and rely more on these guys, and still say, "Hey, listen, I need to give uh, Brunson needs a break here. I'm, I'm up 27 points. If I can't hold on to a 27 point lead without him, I don't deserve the win." Then there may be coaches in, in the NBA who, who treat it like that. You know he's not going to, but I'm not going to kill him for it because right now he doesn't have the players to do it. If they make a trade and this continues then yeah maybe that's a discussion about Tibbs and his coaching style, but it's a, a it's been a talking point of how he does business and how he coaches teams going back to his early days with Rose in Chicago. This has been an issue. This has been a talking point when he got hired as the Knicks coach, it was a talking point how he runs the teams into the ground and the NBA has leaned itself towards load management and that's anti what he does. And I think for the most part, the fans eat it up and love it because we all hate load management. We all hate the idea that you turn on a game on ESPN and, there, you know, there's no LeBron James. And, oh, this is the one time fans in Atlanta get to see LeBron and he's not there. You know, we, we have that discussion over and over again and fans hate it until Brunson tweaks an ankle on his 42nd minute in a 27-point blowout. And then it's like, hey— Maybe, uh, you know, load management's not the stupidest thing in the world. But right now, that's what it does for me. I'm, I'm fine. I understand why the coach did it. I don't necessarily blame him. They did need to, you do need to win these games. And he's the only path to victory. And right now, that's what needs to change. This roster needs to have an addition. Leon Rose has to go out there and make a move at the deadline. It's no longer an option. There's no longer a discussion. You have to go out and do it. You have to go out. And bolster this team. They've shown you enough. There's enough fight in this team. There's enough grit in this team. There's enough talent on this team. And they have shown you that inside this Eastern Conference, they can compete. And they are missing the smallest of little additions. You you can make the big addition too if you feel it'll work and you have the right package and you like the deal, fine. Go out and get Murray. You know, go out and trade for someone big bigger than i'm talking about but at the bare minimum there has to be a brogdon type player i know he's been the the go-to name but someone like that that you feel comfortable in leaving on the floor up 12 points in the fourth quarter that you don't need to go back to brunson because you can't rely on him at this level over and over and over again 877 337 in matt long island what's up matt
2: Hey, Chris, thanks, team. You? you
1: got it, buddy. What's going on? How are you?
2: Listen, Nick, you know, tonight's a win, but you don't want to keep this close. You don't want to put Brunson on the side where they shouldn't be doing this. And I think, you know, right in the head, the deadline's coming up. The Knicks can't score because, I mean, it was banged up. OG, Randall, Steven Chenzo plays not play the ball in mean, but quickly was that, but he was traded. Correct. So you need to look at a guy like Clarkson, I mean. Yeah. Even like careful Harris- I mean, he's not going to get traded. But these guys are scorers off the Mets they mean. And the East is a tough competition. I mean, all these teams are so much debt and Listen, Brunson, he's a great player, but he can't do it all. He needs someone who can ride who get the spark to this offense and play two man games with them. All those teams have that with the duo is Tatum, Tatum, Dame Giannis, and B the Maxi. And it's gonna be tough, but the deadline we gotta see what this Knicks team get going forward.
1: Yeah, I, I listen, I completely agree with you. I just um, you know, I just I just said it. Uh, I I think they need to improve their scoring. I don't think there's a doubt right now. I, I think it's desperately what they need more than anything else. I understand with Randall down, with Mitchell down, uh, you know, Achua stepped in and been really good, and he's got great hands, man. He had a play where, you know, there was a couple plays, and and um, obviously Hartenstein is really good around the basket. He's, I think, he's a better offensive player than Mitchell Robinson. He made a couple of great passes uh, to uh, cutting Achua underneath. They had a, they had a kind of a little thing there where they would get the ball. Uh, to Hartenstein in the paint, and then a cutting Achua he'd make a great pass to. And there was one where it was, like, deflected, and you could tell the ball went up in the air, and he quickly changed – he was going to get that pass right at his chest, and, I mean, he quickly reached up and grabbed – in stride, reacted to a tip ball and reached his hands up, grabbed it and, and put it back in the basket. I mean, like, a chew has been really good. He looks athletic to me. He looks good. I'm not calling him an all-star. I'm not saying he's, you know – Anything more than just a a piece right now that has stepped in and fit like this team like a glove. I like him. I like Hardenstein. Uh, I, I I as much as they could probably use some depth there. Uh, we expect Randall and Mitchell Robinson to come back. I we dead the Knicks desperately need someone to be that second. I don't think McBride is the guy. I like him. You know he had a, he he's had a decent run here. He's he he got 12 points in this game. He played 31 minutes. He shot better from the three point line, at, uh, three point um, mark after a, a a poor start. Once the trade was made, when the f- trade was first made, and this role uh, increased for him with the with the dismissal of quickly. Early on, it was rough for him. He's gotten much better. He shot the ball better. His defense has gotten better. He's filled in a little bit better. I still don't love him in, in that spot. I still don't trust him. And clearly, neither does the coach without Brunson. That's the spot they need. They need to replace what quickly did. That was that was that was the initial talking point, even when the trade was made. You know, Barrett was the guy. Okay, you know that's kind of what OG is going to replace, right? OG is a better version of Barrett. Uh, doesn't need the ball to impact the game the way Barrett does. Fits better into the starting lineup than Barrett did. You know, he's a much better perimeter defender than Barrett is. He can shoot the corner three better than RJ can. Like, he fit that role, but there was really no one to replace what quickly gave you, which is that instant offense off the bench, runner of the second unit. And through the first however many games it's been, 20 games or so, they've done a remarkable job not necessarily needing it. But that doesn't change the fact that you watch these games and... You know, there is foreshadowing. You can see it coming. They're going to need that. They're just flat out going to need it. And so tomorrow, at the trade deadline, they're going to have to fill it. Steve in Stanford. What's up, Steve?
3: How you doing, Steve, Mac? Good, buddy. How are so, you? I'm good. So we've been talking, I've called you the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a lot of the Yankees and Blake Snell and things like that. Yes. Also a lifelong Nick fan, and I was at the Denver game section 116 and facing right at the nick bench. And what I'm going to tell you because I know you mentioned it and I got to say first of all I love Thibodeau. I love yep. defense first. I love. He was the assistant in the Riley year. Sure. I love that guy is a is a freaking New Yorker. I love everything about him. But the one thing we don't need a complete change. We just need a tweak. We were screaming, and I, I got the guys around me to literally scream with me. Yeah. Evan, Ford, Evan Fournier left that game with five minutes left. He left the bench. None of us could figure this out. Yeah. He gets up, five minutes left, we're up 30-something against Denver, and Brunson and the rest of them are still in the game, yeah. and we're screaming for Fournier. We're screaming for Malachi. We're screaming at Thibodeau. So this, is like not a, this, is a, this is not a second guess. I was doing it that night. Right. I was losing my mind. And it, it, why Fournier gets up? I mean, that guy's got I, – I, they probably did it to not you know, get him injured so that, you know, they can Bingo. keep that asset of a Bingo. tradable contact. They They, need, I, they I, I might need
1: it. to move him. They can't afford him getting injured, and he's out of the rotation anyway. So it's not like with 30 points, there's enough guys. It doesn't have to be him, but it, 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 Brunson shouldn't be on the floor.
3: No, it's but, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And like you're saying, like – you're mentioning the depth. I, I, I'm fine with Jericho coming in. We have so many yeah. big men I'm comfortable with. Yeah, I agree. I, I, first of all, Hartenstein, Hartenstein is far better than Mitchell Robinson offensively. Offensively, Except yes. You don't have that. And you don't have the hack a Mitch to worry about at the end of the game. Correct. And the 50% foul shooting. So, But I, I don't mind any of the Knicks bigs. I'm comfortable with all of them. Yep. But you've got well, – why can't Thibodeau – I'm not asking to change who he is. I love who he is. Right. But just tweak it in the games they're up 25 plus with four minutes left. Can we see Archer to not it out? I mean, why are these guys on the team mm-hmm. if you're not going to play them with four minutes left? No, I, mean, I, just, too-
1: I get you I, I, with a big lead and four minutes left you, you should you should open the rotation a little bit and certainly get Brunson off his feet. And you know that's not necessarily the case in this game. I want to make it clear. They did. He he got hurt with a ten point lead. It wasn't like he was. They weren't up twenty seven when he got hurt. It was a ten point lead, whittled down from twenty seven. So I I I get it. I get it. This isn't necessarily the kill Tibbs. It's just a talking point worth mentioning because he's going to continue to do it. And there have been other instances like that Denver game, that he was on the floor with with three minutes left of a thirty point game, and you're like, why is he out there? And now you're seeing it again. I I don't I don't love load management, and I love the fact that Brunson plays every night. And when Randall's healthy, he plays every night and almost every minute. I love it. I love it, and I do like Tibbs as a coach. And for the most part, I thought it was a little bit of an overblown story about how he doesn't limit guys, but. The problem is right now, not necessarily the Tibbs coaching style, it's that he really doesn't have anybody to go to that you feel comfortable. Like, in a you know, against the Grizzlies, like this is the perfect example, against a bad team like the Grizzlies or, you know, when they played Charlotte, like if you have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter with five or six minutes left, you shouldn't have to run back to Brunson. Like there's got to be someone in there that you feel comfortable enough. Like, yeah, okay, against Boston, and you got a 10-point lead with five minutes left? Okay. But, like, against the Grizzlies, who are literally playing nobodies? I mean, who literally are playing a horrendous basketball—you're playing a horrendous basketball team? You need to have a guy that you feel good running that offense who can who can figure out a way to get DiVincenzo the ball and can figure out a way to move the offense around and maybe create his own shot, score a basket himself, hit a three-pointer himself, and run that offense without Brunson on the court to, uh, on the court to, to secure a 10-point you know, lead with five minutes left in the game. That's You need that. You need that. And right now, they don't have it. And they've gotten through with it. And listen, it feels different when Ananobi's out there, and it feels different when Randall's out there. I get it. But right now, they're not out there. And I don't know when Randall's coming back. But this team's too good, and this team has a chance to do something special, and it just needs a little tweak. And I fully expect it. But this is now; it's no longer a debate. It's no longer, you know, there now. Now you're disappointed if nothing happens. If nothing would have happened a week ago, you would have been like, okay, all right, let's go to let's go to battle. We know the guys we have. We've been we've been the hottest team in basketball uh, in this stretch. Uh, feel really good about it. Now you desperately, you desperately need someone. You probably needed someone the whole time, but now you desperately need someone. Mario in Long Beach, what's up, Mario?
2: Hey, C Mac, nice job today. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, so uh, you know the Knicks. I'm lifelong Nick Jet, uh, and uh, Knicks, uh fan and Jets fan. Okay, and Yankees like you are. Yeah. Well, at
1: least so, you got that going for you. L-
2: let's let's uh, let's pump the brakes on uh, Brunton better than Aaron Judge, so. though. It's, it's, well, <laughs> you
1: know? it wasn't so much better. It was runs the city. You know the which is yeah. Let's. Big, is, break, uh, okay. yeah, let's I, I was. I texted Evan, and I told him. I said, "You're a son of a. You know, you pissed me off today because we wanted to enjoy Brunson. We wanted yeah, to enjoy that moment. You know, and instead of two o'clock, he opens up with he's more. And now, now all of a sudden, I got to downplay Brunson because he's not judge. Like I, you I know was what so is, off.
2: At, you know, I was so pissed off at Evan. Yeah, you know what it is though. I know the way uh, Evans' mind works. Yes, so do I. If he wants to say something good about a, a team he doesn't like, like the Yank, the like the, the Knicks, mm-hmm. he has to spin it to say something bad about the the Yankees. Right.
1: No, that's what he wanted. He had to bring someone yeah. down. He had to create some like perfect, like well, me, like a Yankee, good. like me, like you, a Yankee fan and a and a Nick fan who is you know basking in the glory that is the greatness of uh, Jalen Brunson and enjoying it. He had to come out and say, you know what. He's even better than the other guy you love. And now suddenly i got to go like, listen, Evan, you idiot. I love Brunson, but, I mean, Judge is an MVP. He's the best player in baseball. Like, it's not – it's so stupid. It bothered the hell out of me, that stupid discussion. I texted him, too, and he was like, you're kidding, right? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding. You're a bastard. I'm pissed off at you today. <laughs> You yes. ruined you ruined my day. It was supposed to be oh let's have fun enjoying Brun- uh, Jalen Brunson. And instead, you it know, was I- like I had to I had to I had to knock Brunson down a peg because it, you can't compare him to Aaron judge just yet. But whatever.
2: So don't yeah, worry. yeah. I mean, to your point, that's exactly what it is. Especially when he was also saying you can't win a championship unless you have a top five player, and then he was naming some of the players. But I'm saying, wait a minute, it's a position player. Not just top five in the league. He's a top five uh, in the league point guard right now. So yeah, I, I don't believe in that either. Yeah, that uh, that, that's fine.
1: Evan, Evan has that's more of an You can actually point to that and look at top. Not even just positions. You he made the case, and his that case is better. This who runs the city is completely objective. Like you can you can look at teams that have won championships and whether or not they have a top five player in the NBA, regardless of position. I mean, and and he he makes a compelling case in my mind. But the 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 point is is we don't know, you know, I wouldn't say right now that um, uh, what's his name in Miami losing my mind, um, the star in the star for the Heat
4: Jimmy oh, Butler. Uh, Butler. I wouldn't Butler. say
1: I wouldn't say that Butler is a top five player in the NBA right now. But you get him in a seven game series, and he is. He's like a, like a top-five player. He plays like that. And there is a chance that you could look back years from now and go, you know what, we didn't recognize Jalen Brunson as a top-five player in the NBA, and he might he might have been. So I, while I agree with you the Knicks can compete for a championship, I also do agree on some level you need that star. Like, it's very difficult to win without one.
2: Well, I think he's it. Don't you well, think he's it? I don't
1: know. I, I don't know for sure he's a top-five player. In fact, right now in this moment, I would say no. But – He's that doesn't make him not great. He's a top fifteen player. He's a top ten player, maybe. But that
2: doesn't mean with the right players Correct. around of him they can't win. I agree with you. you know, not, that's the point he was trying to make. But, but to your point about getting a player, that's absolutely right. Because what they can't have, and I noticed this in the Lakers game, and if you watched it too, I'm sure you yep.
1: did. Yeah, no, uh, the fourth I, quarter they couldn't they couldn't hit the ocean off a boat. It was yeah, but
2: you know, you know what they were doing, which is very smart. They were doubling off of Brunson. Yeah. So they left Hart wide open, and Hart can't score. I mean, he's a, he's a I like the way he plays. Yeah, but, he can. He
1: can shoot if he's if he's if he's feeling it. He can shoot a little bit, and he's terrific going coast to coast. He could right, take he right. could take the ball to the lane, but no, in a in a half court offense, if you if you have him just you know hanging out at the top of the key with the ball, it's going to be very. He he can't create his own shot. Totally agree, uh, and that's the thing. Right now, with this team, without all the different injuries. They double Brunson, and that's it. I mean, I know he got 17 points in the first quarter of this game, but for the most part, the better teams, especially who have the ability of some length and have someone like Davis who can rim protect, and then you could just throw a couple of defenders out at Brunson, you're right. Once they do that, right now they don't have anyone to score. And and that night, DiVincenzo was a little bit cold at different times in the game. I know he put up a ton of shots, and that's what he has to do uh, to score. But, yeah, no, they don't have that guy that you feel confident in, and it's not even so much that because I'm I'm less concerned about right now what it looks like when Brunson's on the court. I'm I'm a little more concerned about what it looks like when Brunson's off the court. So your point is one thing, where even with Brunson on the court, you double them right now, they don't have another option. I get that. I expect their options to come back, and I still think they're good enough, as long as OG is back somewhat soon. Like, I still think they're good enough to win some games here and overcome that, and Brunson's good enough to overcome some double teams. Thank you for the call. I, if you want to call him a top five player, you can't have you can't have him being shut down with double teams. You got to find ways, and he's got to find ways to sk- still impact the game and score. And I trust that he can. I'm 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 concerned about that, especially without Randall. But I'm more concerned about what happens when he's off the court, not when he's on it. I feel very good when he's on it, even through double teams. They happen to be ice cold that night. I mean, even even Achua and Hartenstein right around the basket, were missing everything. We're missing everything, and I think Davis and and an elite defender at that position gives the the Knicks some problems. If you could double team Randall, excuse me, if you could double team Brunson, and make it very difficult to score in the paint as well, now you have a problem. Now now the Knicks have to shoot threes or they they can't score. So I thought the Lakers brought a unique uh, problem for the Knicks that night, and they were just ice cold. Even you know, and. Hartenstein and, and Achua, who've been really good around the basket and were again early in this game to build a 27-point lead, just couldn't get baskets against Davis and the, the Lakers. But I'm less concerned about what happens with Brunson on the court. I feel good about it on when he's on the court. It's when he's off the court. And it's the idea that you need him on the court every single minute, no matter who you're playing, no matter what the lead, you know, he's off the court and they and, and suddenly they're down they're a 27-point lead becomes a 10-point lead. Like, that's the issue. That's the issue. They don't have someone to supplement when he's off the court. And he can't be on the court 45 minutes a game. He just can't. He can't continue to do that night in and night out. It's just, it's not feasible. You're going to get moments like this. And I understand it's an ankle, and it could happen at any moment. Any injury could happen at any moment. Fatigue leads to taking missteps. And that's what this was. It was a misstep. For that you know Fatigue leads, leads to not exactly getting your foot in the right position. So I, I do think this is all a part. You can roll this all into the amount of minutes he's playing and the level that it's all been. He, he's carrying the team. He's carrying the team. Why do you think he's getting MVP chance? He's getting MVP chance because he's carrying the Knicks. They're the hottest team in basketball. Since the trade in January, right? In twenty twenty four, they're the hottest team in basketball right there. Now Cleveland's unstoppable too, but they're as hot as any team in basketball. They've lost OG, they've lost Randall, and they've continued their winning ways. Like it's it's remarkable what they're doing and what he's doing. And that moment of him, you know, talking about being an all star, having that night. I mean, it's he's taken over the city right now. The Knicks are without question the story of the city could be one of the stories of the NBA and what he's doing in that trade and what they've become since uh the beginning of the year is remarkable but it won't last forever it won't last forever and when you get into the playoffs and you play these better teams and you get into a 7 game series you can't play a 7 game series you can't play you can't get through a first round 7 game series get into a second 7 game series start playing the Celtics and the and the and the Cavaliers and the Milwaukee Bucks of the world, and have Brunson playing 10, 12 straight games of 45, 46, 47 minutes. It's not going to work. You got to find someone who can step in and score for him. You you just have to. 877-337-6666. with you on The Fan. Come back. Continue to take your phone calls right here until 5 o'clock in the warm-up show. All right, 353. McMonagle with you. All the way to 5 o'clock. 877, 337, 6666. We opened up with the Knicks and their win over the Grizzlies, but their loss of Brunson. It doesn't seem to be that bad, but we'll see how many games he misses. But the overall arcing theme is that they need to find a way to be okay with him off the floor. And right now, they're just not. Uh, and, you know, to Tibbs' point, and, you know, Rami was at the game. And he was just mentioning to me. We could talk about it for a second. Um, you know, to be fair to Tibbs, and I don't think you need, you know, you don't need to even preface that. He's had he's done a remarkable job this year. Remarkable. Uh, but to be fair to Tibbs, you know, this wasn't a game that Brunson was being overly used. He took him out for a while. They went on a run. He comes back into the game to kind of secure it there. He'd only played, uh, give me those numbers again. He had
4: played play 28 minutes. When Tibbs brought him back in, in the fourth quarter. Totally right. ended up only playing thirty one.
1: Yeah, he only played thirty one minutes in the game, yeah, before the injury. But he brought
4: him in at the eight minute mark of the fourth quarter, and then he ends up going out at the five minute mark. So
1: Right. So I mean it's not one of those games that he's completely being overused, but the point is there are games like that. And the injury and, and watching the team struggle without him just solidifies the idea, and especially that, you know, tomorrow is now the trade deadline. You just you have to go out and do something. You just have to. What was the feeling in the building when he goes down?
4: It felt like a funeral after he went out because they, they win the right. game. And you could still, as they're closing it out, you could hear a pin drop yeah, in there it, because he's not on the bench. Right. And, I like, you know, they have uh, Rebecca Harlow talk to whichever the player of the game was, and it was happened to have been Dante DiVincenzo who helped close it out. Yeah. And usually get, people are in the crowd still cheering and having a good time. And I didn't even hear a word he said. It was just yeah. kind of like a blur at that point. I was like, all right. This this doesn't feel like a victory. It was a yeah. win, but it didn't feel like You didn't a feel...
1: I mean, it wasn't like he was carried off. You didn't feel better when you saw him walk on his own accord or anything, but...
4: Once you saw him go back to the locker room and yeah. not come back in, not yeah, really, because at that point, they cut it to four. Yeah. Right? No, so then, like,
1: right. Then the game's in jeopardy, yeah. The game's
4: in jeopardy, and he's not out there. Yeah. He's not even sitting on the bench. Right. So you, you really had no idea until after the game, it sounds like, all right, he's going to be okay. Yeah. But if you're in the building, especially because it went from it, it you know the first commercial break they're celebrating Clyde and Mike right. on the big screen and it felt like a party in there they're up 28 it never felt like this game was in question now all of a sudden the game's in question and now there's a larger season yeah question looming over yeah
1: no, probably a weird spot for the fans there <coughs> excuse me but thankfully not the case but they've got to they've just got to find a way to get you know we'll we'll see what they do and I trust Leon Rose like like never before i mean I mean, that's the feel. I would think from most Nick fans right now, we are so just completely enamored by the play of this team and what it's become since that trade uh, for OG Ananobi. And right now, whatever they do, they but they got to do something. Like, I was almost at the point where I would have been okay if they did nothing. I would have I been disappointed. I feel like this team deserved the shot to to improve, And and, you know, even if it's just a depth move. But now you just feel like you absolutely need it. You need someone to come in and, and and run that offense and bring the energy that, you know, the team really hasn't had a lack of energy, but now with these injuries, I mean, you miss that quick, if quickly's in this game last night, like that energy of quickly coming off the floor, hitting a couple shots, skipping down the floor, back to defense, like they need some of that. They need some of that back in the building.
4: It almost felt like, are they even going to make a trade now? Because if Brunson's hurt, it won't matter if they make a trade. Right. That's right, the right. feeling I had in that moment. Obviously, right, I didn't right. know that it wasn't severe. Mm-hmm. But you're like, wait. So, OG, I'm starting to get nervous about yeah, that. I'm really starting to get nervous about still it. Still no update and no. elbow inflammation. That
1: could be he's like, tendonitis or he, something. He's in. He's in warmups the night he decided they they shut him down. And then now it's been four. Like you figured. Oh, it's a one game thing. He's he's literally in warmups shooting around, and then they say, ah, oh, last minute scratch. You figure maybe a couple shots felt a little soreness, and now you're really concerned about him. I agree, but you're right. Yeah. If Brunson's down, then there's no point just, you know, right. Then the, wave the white over. flag, yeah. it's over. Yeah. But yeah, I can imagine all the things going through the mind. I remember, uh, I was at the game, not nearly the same kind of thing, but I was at the game when Derek Jeter collapsed his ankle, uh, against Detroit in the playoffs. And like, everyone's leaving the, they, they had a rousing comeback in that game. They, they tied the game up. They ended up losing the game. And I believe in extra innings, uh, and there was really it was hard to get excited in the game and then leaving everyone's just like, How bad is it? How bad is it? And we found like I remember walking to the car and going on on uh I guess Twitter was a thing back then, two thousand. It was two thousand twelve or twelve. 12. Right. Yeah, so, Fourteen was the last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and we found out his ankle was broken. I was like, Oh jeez.
4: I mean the Rogers game, think about that. I, I'm a Jet yeah. fan. You have this crazy walk off win and I remember I, I was leaving yeah. here. I was driving home after the win. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. The win, the the, <laughs> I know. the, the punt return for a touchdown did nothing for me. Yeah. I was like, the season is over before it started.
1: Yeah, you know, that's actually an interesting uh what's the the most meaningless win? Now this thankfully doesn't have that feel to it because Brunson's gonna be okay. Uh and even if even if it was just a turned ankle, it's a month. It's not the end of the season. It's maybe a month and a half, worst case scenario. Uh it's not gonna be that even though, thankfully. But yeah, the idea of still you know winning despite the the disaster that happens on the field on the court Rogers last year is a good one the one i mentioned the yankees didn't even win i'm trying to think what's another one where the win just felt absolutely meaningless after a devastating injury Rodgers has got to be the worst cuz it's it's just it felt like the whole season was over you just I, beat the you beat the buffalo bills who've owned the division you beat them on a walk-off punt return And despite the coach being really excited on the sidelines, I'm not sure how many fans in the building were.
4: And and that was the exact feeling of, it was like, we're this good. We knew we were this good without Rodgers. But the difference what was going to get us over the top was Rodgers, and now it's over. And it actually was worse that they won. Because I remember when he went down, I felt nothing. I was immediately numb. I was like, I can't believe this happened to us again. And then when they won, all those feelings came rushing in again. Like, I can't, it's last year all over again. And it was.
1: Yep. Well, the next morning, he got yelled at by BT. Um, not you specifically, but the entire fan base. Quit walking around like a loser. Um, but you were losers, and he should have known it. Shame on him. Right? That's what I say.
0: That was the worst thing that could have happened ever, Jeff. Uh,
1: not only that, it was the worst thing that happened to the Jets. You can make the argument that, really? that winning that game gave them belief that they could get through with Zach Wilson.
0: Yes and no. I mean, it did. I also think that. And look, open up Pandora's box here. When you knew Aaron Rodgers was done for the entire season, I think they looked at it as, "What band aid can we get yeah. is really going to make this season worth something?" Probably nothing. Maybe by some miracle, Zach Wilson turns into the player we hoped he would be. Yeah. Just by being around osmosis, being around Aaron Rodgers right. for the last few weeks, maybe that can do something because that was their only hope. I mean, honestly. People, the Flacco's or whatever whatever other crap quarterback that was on the market, the Colt McCoys, do you really think that this team would have won 11 games with them? Like, no, they no, wouldn't No, maybe
1: have. not 11. I think they could have been a playoff team. I don't. Yeah, I think they probably. I, I mean, I, with that defense, I think they probably could have.
0: I think a backup quarterback is what he is. A really good one gets you through five or six weeks, he treads water. You need him for 17, you're going to see the warts eventually.
1: Oh, no, no doubt, no doubt. But, uh, I mean, I think. The, but I'm just saying the worst warts are better than... Joe Flacco's warts are better than the the beautiful face of Zach Wilson. Yeah, the Flacco I'd that we saw... I'd rather have the Flacco warts. The
0: Flacco we saw in Cleveland. The Flacco we saw with the Jets was just as bad. So, I, yeah, again... I
1: No, I still don't think There is no.
0: no one that wanted Flacco at the time. Because I get, you it, saw I get
1: it. I get it. I'm not even saying it's Flacco specifically. Different guys. Anybody. Somebody. Yeah. They had to bring in someone. That defense... Eventually, his this is the same team, and not to get into this debate, this is the same team that literally threw a party. They got as excited as I do when Abba hits. The minute Mike White was stepped in to be the quarterback, I mean, they threw parties. They got it all. They wore matching T shirts like they yeah, were no. going to Ted's fiftieth birthday. on am like they were really. They pleased. hated Zach Wilson hated with a passion. With a passion, and I think I think everything improves without Zach Wilson. That's how I feel about it, and
0: that part I can't argue because they do hate him, obviously. Yes, and that that really. was, th- and that was clear. Everybody, top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, that's including uh, people in the I mean, front everybody. office. Yeah. Everybody
4: had no, ev- Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah. They were all tired yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah.
1: They're all of them. Yep. Sala that's a, said that's it would fun.
4: be a miracle if they won
1: eight games. Yeah, ago. no. Sala was the, that scathing report. I love that word, scathing. You're welcome. You don't get, yeah, you, thank you. <laughs> you don't get to use scathing that much. Oh, I try. No, I know. I was impressed with it, okay. uh, but I like it. It's just a good word. It might, it's, I've always gone with, um, for some reason I've always liked unkempt. I don't know why, but I've liked unkempt Hmm. is a word I've liked. Uh, there's many, but I think scathing, uh, there's the obvious, like brouhaha is is one, but now now that gets used a lot. Um, scathing is a good one. It has a good feel to it. I could use a good
0: brouhaha. I I gotta be fair.
1: Yep. Been years since a good brouhaha. Yeah.
0: I could use one. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other words. I don't know. I have. I have a thought trying from to the road. The There's many brouhahas. My favorite is the 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 Yankees Orioles, which I'm hoping will be a brouhaha all season long. Um, but the 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 Yankee Oriole one where uh, Graham Lloyd came in throwing absolute haymakers and Daryl Strawberry. That's a great brouhaha. That was a good one. I can't. I, that's my favorite brouhaha, where uh, Tino got hit right in the back.
0: Yeah, Benitez. Yep. I like. When you, if you watch that again, if yeah. you notice, all of a sudden, Scott Brocious winds up one-on-one with Benitez right by the dugout. Yeah. And the look on his face went, what the hell just happened yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, Until yeah, yeah. then Darryl Strober comes flying in. Yeah. You can see Brocious go, oh, thank God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I but like that part. Yeah. But it's it's Graham Lloyd throwing the windmill punches. That's my favorite. He comes running in completely. And I think yeah, he's, he's totally got, out of control. And I, and I think he's got, like, one arm in a – got, he's got just his left arm in the jacket. Like, he was, you know, keeping the, his throwing arm warm. So, it's like – the jackets all over the place. He looks like a kid that just took his backpack off coming out of school, and he's like the half a jacket on throwing haymakers. That was tremendous, a very good one.
4: Hockey has it right where they let them fight.
1: It is weird. If you really think about it, it is bizarre that the hockey you get five minutes, and in other sports you get suspended for sixteen games. Like it's bizarre that you know you're allowed to punch in hockey, and literally just watch you fight for a period of time until they deem this is no longer exciting, really, and then. You get five minutes for fighting. And in other sports, you throw one punch. Uh, you step on the court in the NBA, you're suspended. But in hockey, you could throw punches.
0: Almost feels like it's, like they treat it like your children. All right, look, get it out of your system. You're right, done? Exactly. You're yeah. tired now? Yeah, All yeah. right.
1: yeah, Go
0: go get changed. Yeah, yeah. Wash I,
1: yourself up and come back. I had to do that yesterday with my, uh, the little guy would not, I was reading with my older son who's, you know, we we're reading some book about some kid who's in school. It's, it's, Really boring and pointless. Huh. So we're reading this book. We're reading a couple of chapters for his homework assignment. And the other guy will not stop giggling. And he's causing the other guy to just giggle. And, I'm, and he just will not. And so I just did that. I said, you two, go over there. Laugh for 10 minutes. I'm like, you get the giggles out. And then you come back. And I thought it was like, I'm just like, go get your giggles out. It did not work. I was going to say, this worked? No. That's so I mean- Stupid. Like, how I how think, did you think that was good? I work? don't know. Or did you just want ten minutes of peace? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All I right. forget. I was, I was, whatever game was on. I'm like, I'm watching this. Go, you got. I, I can't do this anymore. Ten minutes of giggles. I was watching the Ranger game the other night. That's when it was. I was like, you go get your giggles out. And that just it didn't help.
0: See, that's a plus parenting right there.
1: Yeah, I just and want ten th- minutes alone. I, go right, and then I threatened them that I would. I said, if you, right, you know what, no reading until eight o'clock when Raw is supposed to start because they love the wrestling. So I'm like, instead of Raw, we're going to read at eight o'clock, and then that kind of worked. But to just go and get your, your laughing out, that did not help. Did not help at all. All right. 877-337-66. Scathing. 66, scathing. Just a good word. Scorned. It reminds me of scorned. Do you remember scorned, scorned, by the way? Scorn's a good word. Do you remember scorned, the like the Cinemax late night movie? There was Is like this a, like a Cinemax yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. Scorned? Back in the day. Yep. Scorned with what's her name? Oh, she huh. had a, She had a lot of those... Uh, like, kind of late-night Skinamax movies. Uh, All right, help me out here, Mac. I think it was called Scorned, right? It was called Scorned. That This
0: one I'm unaware of.
1: Uh, Annalyn McCord? No.
0: Who, who the hell is that?
1: No
4: idea. There's a movie called
1: Scorned. Yeah, no, 2013. it's... No, yeah, no. It's earlier than that. 1993, let's try that one. Shannon Tweed, that's it. Scorned. A vengeful widow. Uh, a vengeful widow is out to seduce the relatives of the man she blames for her husband's death.
0: That sounds like a good Skinamax movie. Yep, it does. and then you
1: can see the you can see the picture of the of the title. It's like her half naked with a big knife. Uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's yep. not half. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, no. She's yeah. Well, these sh- are things
0: that you're, you're okay to Google on on the. I believe porn. Right?
1: Yeah, like a crappy Skinamax movie that has okay. like you know the tame, right, just sex scenes with just you know top heavy. You know that's it. Okay,
0: it's fine but with me. Yeah,
1: Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany. This uh, wasn't
0: one of those where you you know. This was the Skinemax. Shannon Tweed. This wasn't one of those, you know, back in the day with like the wavy lines and whatnot. No, you're not no, no. Sure that, you're was, that was the
1: Spice Channel. Those were different. Yeah. Okay. No, you tried different. to get the Spice Channel. Yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. Our man in the other, R- Rami, has no idea about trying to see the Spice Channel. Through wow. The these kids the today, they're,
0: yeah. they're so spoiled. They have no idea.
1: Yep. No idea. Is that an elbow? I don't yeah. think it's an elbow, man. <laughs> I don't know. No, Scorned was like, yeah, one of those, like, you know, on the on at one o'clock in the morning on, Cine, on Cinemax, back when Cinemax was a thing. I think that was the problem.
0: I mean, I'm I'm aware, obviously aware of the Cinemax movie, but I never actually had Cinemax.
1: Oh, man. I
0: never at any point had Cinemax. So Mm -hmm. I missed out, obviously.
1: Shannon Tweed. I think there was like a whole bunch of them. I think there was like Scorn, Scorn 2, I gotta see. Um, But yeah, Shannon Tweed. Nice. I had an iPod Touch in fifth grade. That was more fun than any of that. You had iPod Touch in fifth grade.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go down this road yeah. because there's so many jokes here that I could throw yeah, out there. But I'm pretty sure, even though it's three o'clock in the morning, I'd still get in trouble. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm a lay low here. <laughs> I'm a lay low.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to think of all this. Yeah. Um, so she had scorned, uh, illicit dreams. There was like a whole bunch of these victim of desire. She had like now, yeah.
0: see that's better. Yeah. Uh, victim of desire is better. Uh, illicit dreams. It's almost like all right. Then, right. Come on. Get a little more creative.
1: I guess. More Illicit creative. dreams? Yeah,
0: a little more creative. A little too easy. A little too easy? <laughs> a little too easy. Uh, a little more creative.
1: How about uh, Cannibal Woman in Avocado Jungle? Is that a little more creative? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 1989 classic, Cannibal Woman in the Avocado Jungle of Death. That's... <laughs> Uh, Bill Maher is in it. <laughs> get out of here. Not real Bill Maher. Oh, Wait a second. Please tell me. No, Bill Maher. Bill Maher is in the 1989 classic Cannibal Woman in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Please tell me I can get
0: that the somewhere. The U.S.
1: government eager to protect the, national avo- the nation's avocado supplies recruits <laughs> feminist professor Margot Hunt. To make contact with piranha, piranha women, on all fe, an all female tribe who believe men are the only only good for a source of food. Unbelievable! Yeah, and please built, tell me that
0: things like streaming on and Amazon somewhere right?
1: Mar with a whip, you got to. This is tremendous. I can't Come believe on. I'm unaware of this.
0: I'm even willing to pay
1: for that. Yes, Dude, go that, that's got to be rented somewhere. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess that, that's a little more creative than a list of yeah, dreams I right, wear. That,
0: see, that's creative. Yes. I like that.
1: Once you start involving avocados and fruit and whatnot, <laughs> yeah. now I'm interested. There you go. Look at Bill, the young Bill Maher. Kind of looks like Dave Portnoy, actually. All right, 877-337-6666. We're very late. I will give you uh, – I did have a uh, a thought from the road we can get to, as well as, obviously, all the, the baseball stuff, Saquon Barkley, whether or not he'll be back or whether or not he'll hit free agency, and – Brock Purdy had to answer an interesting question. I mentioned uh, Bill Maher looked like Portnoy. Apparently, a lot of people think Purdy looks like someone. An interesting person to look like. 877-337-6666. A little bit late to the update, but why not? Marco Belletti, people.